Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host today, Jason. Tim is still uh, still tending to his child of yep. almost two weeks of age. Um, so it'll be me and Michael today. Tim will be back towards the end of July. Let's let's give the guy a break. Eh, maybe August. Maybe August. Maybe September. Maybe never again. Maybe let's let's hear what people think about us, just as me <laughs> and you, and then maybe we'll just kick Tim off the show. I think. No, Timmy. We can make Tim the special guest. Tim is the special Tim guest. Tim is the now. special guest. What a day. Yeah. Yeah. Before we start with this week's wonderful episode from me, Michael, and not Tim, let me tell you about the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is outrageous and it is fantastic and it has basically everything you need to succeed in fantasy football. It has player cards with all of their combine information in the front. And all of their yearly stats in the back. All you have to do is choose the year you want to see and all of the pertinent stats will pop up. We have sortable statistics. So if you'd rather look at players as a whole, you can sort by passing yards, receiving yards, catch percentage, stuff of that sort. We have player comps. You want to know what your young player is going to be in the future? Well, we'll show you what the numbers say they'll probably be. We have a points tool where you can see how many points a player scores every week. And then we have a draft tool as well. What does the draft tool do? It is super useful for the season going into the draft. If you're contemplating between two players, it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quantifies, I guess, our overall rankings and tells you who you should draft and what percentage confidence you should draft that person with. It's awesome and it's very helpful. We also have breaking news. Rankings, our rankings for the 2021 season are on the app. Um, coaching stats, contracts, podcasts, it, it literally has everything. You can download it. On any app store today, and by any, I mean the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. If you know of another app store, inform us, because those are the two we know. The app of Appville. The app of Appville. With that said, we're going to dive into some risers, that we people we expect to rise this podcast. I'll explain more after the song. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We're back. What Jason was uh, trying to say. We're getting dog back. We also, on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, download the app. Apparently, people like free things. So we're giving you a free thing. You click on the little FFPC logo on the front page. You create an account and you have a free $5 league, which can turn into 50 bucks cash or $60 in credit next year to play in higher price leagues. It's literally a free $5. Download the app. Um, <clears throat> download the FFPC app and th- download the Broto by Fantasy app. Click on the link. And then it'll automatically be in your account once you create an account. It's for new users and or uh, patrons. If you're a patron, you also get a free account. So That's what I call yeah. a bada-bing. Yeah, a bada-boom. A bada-boom. But what we're doing today, using FFPC ADP, training camps starting up, preseason, just weeks away. A couple weeks away, actually, I believe, right? August it starts. Uh, yeah, we're we're like less than 40 days, I believe. Yeah. And some football. So we are looking at players who right now, based on ADP, we believe have a chance to rise once training camp hits. Once once that one report comes out. Yeah, once that one report comes out, once a player looks healthy, etc. So we're going through some guys who right now we think basically could be values in drafts based on not having any reports on them yet. And time getting closer to the season and figuring out what these guys' roles are going to be if they're healthy, what the offense is looking like, all that good stuff. And this is also um, for your benefit because if you go to our app and you click on the link and get a free $5 league and join other FFPC leagues, then this is going to help you because we're using FFPC data. And what we're telling you is these are the people that you can get at value today. Draft these guys where they're going at current ADP because when September comes around, early September, Labor Day weekend, draft weekend, these guys are going to be going a lot higher. Yeah. Basically. That's it. Yeah. Um, 
Is there any like crazy football news happening right now? I think it's a little quiet at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is Pete Alonso yeah. um, marked the home run derby. Guys, Pete Alonso is a treat. I'm very happy he's on the Mets and watching him as a Met fan. He was having a ball yesterday. That was straight domination. Yeah. But someone, oh man, I started cracking up. The Someone tweeted, Pete Alonso is a fiend. He he watched the kid tear his ACL, and now he's beating a cancer survivor, and he's just bopping and <laughs> just feeling the vibe. And it was mad funny because he beat Trey Mancini. Shout out Trey Mancini, dude. What a story that dude has. And yeah. To make it to the finals. But Pete Alonso is just an absolute monster. And this man. shit with Pete, man, the people who are like, he tried so hard. You mean the guy who had a million-dollar prize right? to hit home runs, tried to hit home runs? I don't what people a dick. people forget that there is an incentive. Same thing like All Star Game MVP and shit. You know they don't go super hard in the All Star Game, but don't they get like a car and shit, a cool ass plaque or trophy that they keep forever? Pete Alonso has a super dope two bat trophy that he kissed yesterday. Million dollars. I guess to say he's a back to back home run derby champion. Maybe back to 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 back. Let's see in the next seven years. I want to visit that place. What place? Back to back to back to back. Wow. Right. Yes. The Anywho. Right is. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah. Shout out Pete Alonso. It's a. It's a great. It's great watching him play on a daily basis. I'm like, I know it's a football podcast, but I'm like uh, craving baseball right now. Now that it's the All Star break, I haven't had any baseball these last couple of days. It's not yeah. good. Also, huge baseball fans, as many of you know, new listeners. Now you know. The Brodo dugout, absolutely. I was top five ranker in three different positions last year on Fantasy Pros. Probably me and well again this year. Me and only one other ranker did that. So, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Pretty good at it. So let's hop into these FFPC values because our first two picks. So we looked at the top. Fairly obvious, I think, the first two. We looked at the top 200, FYI, based um, on uh, of current FFPC ADP. data. Um, side note, FFPC is tight end premium. So it's one and a half. I'm sorry. It's half PPR with no. Full no, it's full PPR. PPR with one and a half points per reception for tight ends. Um, so we looked at the top 200 and selected who we think are values at the moment. And sometimes we cheated because we were going to do 10 people. Um, there's also some groups. And right now, number one is the Packers positions players. Here we have Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams because they are 19th and 20th in. FFPC ADP right now. Robert Tunyon can also be thrown into this conversation. He's in the back hundreds, I think, or somewhere in the hundreds. Simply put, these guys, once a report comes out that guarantees Aaron Rodgers is playing in Green Bay this year, their ADPs are going up. Skyrocketing. They're going up. Like, Devontae Adams should be the number one receiver off the board as long as Aaron Rodgers is around. And Aaron Jones has been a top five back for two years now, basically. And he's going 20th. Yeah. I think I think this is a case of being a little too scared of the potential quarterback situation in Green Bay and not <clears throat> just believing in the talent. I think Devontae Adams over the past several seasons, especially last season, really just showed that he's a dominant force on a football field and does what he does, period. Like, he is that guy. He's... One of the premier receivers in the league. And obviously, if he loses Aaron Rodgers, that is not good. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks ever. Had a sort of renaissance last year and looks like he's back to being his premier self. He won MVP, right? Like, he was great. If he's not there, it's Jordan Love or someone else quarterbacking for the Packers. Obviously, it sucks. But Devontae Adams is very good, man. And you see guys like Allen Robinson ending as... Wide receiver 10 to 12 with Mitchell Trubisky and company as a starting quarterback. Nick Foles. Like, Devontae Adams can do that. So even without Aaron Rodgers, his ADP in like the mid-second round right now at pick 19, there's not much downside, really, I don't think. Like, I agree. Like, right now, there's the there's the safety. Yeah, and if Aaron Rodgers does return, then Devontae Adams is jumping right back up to being a top seven pick in basically every league. So, like, right now, you have the chance to start a draft Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, which is just glorious. Yeah, 
And then Aaron Jones, like you said, always disrespected because he doesn't get workhorse type work. Jamal Williams is gone now. AJ Dillon is expected to fill in that role. Um, but Aaron Jones, either way, he was number one in the league in rushing yards over expected last year. Even second to excuse me, leading Derrick Henry, who's in second, and Derrick Henry had like a million more touches seemingly in the backfield on the ground. But Jones also catches passes. He's just an elite running back in this league that doesn't get treated like it. So I also think Aaron Jones right now, I think it'll affect him more actually, which is interesting. Um if Aaron Rodgers does not return because who knows how this is going to affect the passing game. Who knows how much more teams are going to try to hone in on that backfield and try to stop Aaron Jones instead of trying to stop Aaron Rodgers. But I do think both of them right now at their ADPs definitely make sense to take a shot at and can really skyrocket if Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers returns or there is a report that he will be returning. Honestly, my takeaway from that is it's not my takeaway at all, but I'm surprised that Aaron Jones... Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams don't have a AAA nickname. Interesting. Saving your team like AAA saves your car. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so those are our first two values, which um, they just jumped out when we were looking at the draft board. Yeah. And now we're going to go with, again, we're cheating a little bit. I promise that after this, it's going to be single guys for a little bit. Um, yeah, right now we're only choosing married men. Yes, exactly. But right now, we had back-to-back running backs. We think both are values, so we picked them both. And that is, at 30 and 31 overall, DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. Yep. These are two very bright running backs who are being drafted in the mid-third round right now. Which you don't see very often. They weren't earlier. Like, we saw Swift go at the turn a few times early in the offseason. Like, first, second round turn. Yeah. Even Dobbins, early second round. I don't know if he was ever a first-round pick. But it's been very interesting to see. Look, we are big proponents of seesaw running back strategy, right? A.K.A. modified zero running back, whatever. You draft a stud RB. that bitch. That's our name. Yeah, seesaw running back. You draft an RB early, wait out, grab stud wide receivers, tight ends, maybe a QB. That's becoming way more mainstream over the past couple of weeks. Excuse me, a couple of months. Because there's been more and more reports, like data reports, showing that teams have a higher win rate when they skip over the quote-unquote RB dead zone in like rounds three through six. So the biggest fallers and risers in ADP, it's insane. All the biggest risers have been wide receivers. All the biggest fallers have been running backs. And you see running backs are starting to fall off a cliff in terms of ADP. Um and Dobbins and Swift have been two of those guys falling in ADP right now to the mid-third even, which seems a bit crazy for two of the most talented, arguably, running backs in the league who were drafted highly last year with a lot of potential and showed out when given the chance. So I'm going to focus on DeAndre Swift because I just don't get it. I don't get how he's falling out of the second round. This is a guy who was drafted by the Lions, who showed that he can catch and run last year, but even though he dropped that game-winning touchdown at one point, that was ugly. Yeah, that was rough. And now, Dan Campbell, we're going to break your knees in. I'm going to ground and pound. Comes Eat your town. kneecaps. And who does he come with? Anthony Lynn, who although he said Jamal Williams is an A-back, whatever you want to say about that in May, has made Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler top 15 running backs at the same time. Yeah. This team is devoid of weapons. And last year, Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson had 239 touches. That's a lot of touches. That's OD. That's in a 16-game... There's a 17-game season now, don't forget. In a 16-game season, that's like 15 touches a game combined between Johnson and AP. 239 touches. And that's out the window. And you can arguably say that this regime coming in is going to run the ball more. And they have a worse quarterback and worse weapons on the outside than last year. And one of the best offensive lines in the league. They do have a good offensive line. So I just don't understand DeAndre Swift falling. He showed that he's so capable last year. And now you can get him in the mid-third. 
on a team that's likely to use him a lot. Now remember, we are talking about PPR leagues, which makes even more sense for a guy like Swift, who figures to be a big factor in the uh, in the passing game. Um, had 46 receptions last year as a rookie, which was 13th in the league, and was 11th in reception yards, was 13th in true target value. And this was all despite being a rookie who wasn't seeing the field nearly as much as he possibly should have been for Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson, like you stated. Like, he was 40th in rush attempts, 13th in targets and receptions. Yeah. If he, like, do we expect him to be outside the top 40 in rush attempts again? No. He's probably going to be top 20, 25 in rush attempts. I'd easily bet that. And even so, he had eight touchdowns. Yeah. And then the receptions, he's definitely going to be top 10 in receptions for um, for running backs. DeAndre Swift was someone I wasn't super high on. And but that's because he's going his, at the turn of yeah, the first round. And then his ADP fell into the third round, and it's like... I'm not even a big like I said. I'm I'm usually a wide receivers zero RB modified RB excuse me seesaw RB type guy. But DeAndre Swift in the third round, if he has if a good report comes out in training camp, if he catches a ball, 80 yard touchdown, and it gets caught on camera, his ADP is jumping into the second round once again in a heartbeat. And if something happens to Jamal Williams, his ADP. Like if something happened, if Jamal Williams, look, we don't want injuries to happen. I'm just saying generally, if Jamal Williams were to get hurt bad, DeAndre Swift's ADP jumps half. It cuts in half easily, right on the spot, from thirty to fifteen, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and then or if he just puts up a good play, probably two thirds, probably jumping up to twenty from thirty right away. And going off of that argument you just made, because it's basically the same. Um, I think DeAndre Swift definitely has more upside than J.K. Dobbins. But all Dobbins has to do is break one long run in training camp that people see while Gus Edwards and no one else really on that team gets rushes. Like, I think it's a real possibility that for the first time, the Ravens' backfield is two guys, Dobbins and Gus. Yeah, and Lamar. And the thing with J.K. Dobbins is he was uber-efficient last year, but that's what the... Ravens offense on the ground has been he fit that offense perfectly he was 33rd in the league in rush attempts with 134 805 rushing yards 16th 33rd in attempts 16th in rushing yards 9 rushing touchdowns 18 receptions even and look that's not good in terms of PPR but they don't catch the ball much in that Baltimore um, Baltimore offense even if that goes up to 25-30 those little additional points could help him out when he's also being uber efficient on the ground getting a ton of work near the goal line I agree with you in that he doesn't have the same upside in as DeAndre Swift but DeAndre Swift is in a far worse team position so I think if you're looking for safety Dobbins is a very good choice if you're looking for a little bit more upside DeAndre Swift might be the choice, but both guys' ADPs could uh could certainly improve with a good report or two. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Um, so after that, our next guy, we're sticking to the ground because this guy is perennially underrated. This one is uh, a little a little crazy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Going 36th at the moment. So last pick of the third round, creeping into the fourth, is Chris Carson. Chris motherfucking Carson continues. To get slept on. Someone tell me why. Injuries. Last year, in a injury-riddled season, nine touchdowns, 681 rushing yards, 287 receiving yards. It's basically 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. Like, he's just consistent year in and year out. He's going to end the year as a top 15 running back. If you go to any single year, Literally any year. I'll go to 2019 and tell you stats. Go to 2018 and tell you stats. 2019, 1,400 total yards and nine touchdowns. What about 2018? Oh, he only had 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. Like, this guy is just guaranteed to kill it. He's always been a very good player. And for some reason, people just don't want to admit that he is because he was drafted in the seventh round. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why Chris Carson should be a third or uh, a fourth round pick, especially because he also catches passes. He only played in 12 games, caught 37 passes, which is 18th in the league. 
um, four reception touchdowns, was top 10 in true target value for running backs. He averaged 80 yards, 81 yards, and a touchdown last season per game. And he is going at the turn. Of the third, fourth round. Of the third, fourth round. Injuries or not, that is uh, some tremendous value there. As long as he's healthy, he's an RB1. I don't think anyone can combat that. And that's what we're saying. We think uh, in tra- training camp, again, this is our... People are going to see a video of Chris Carson not yeah, people see on he's the field. Back to being Chris Carson. People see, oh, Rashad Penny isn't back yet because for some reason people still fucking love Rashad Penny or he's still trying to recover or he's not up to speed yet. Chris Carson is back, folks. Don't forget about Chris Carson. And then all the tweets start coming out. Chris Carson, bro, get on the bandwagon before it's too late again. And all that stupid shit. And then his ADP is uh, top 24 again. I think no I think matter you're what, too much, too much power to people <laughs> who say Chris Carson, bro. I think uh, no matter what, his ADP is rising. But uh, even sure. with a few good reports, a uh, him busting one out, looking healthy, or one of those—that's uh, <coughs> what she said—one of those videos, like you know, with the oh look, look at his quads, those yeah, Mike he Davis. He's a quads pick. Yeah, uh, he uh, he's certain to rise in ADP. So we've mostly gone with running backs. So let's let's switch it up switch a it up little, because now we're going to pick fifty. Fifth round. Fifth round, I tell you. Fifth round, I repeat. Fifth round. Because when I say this guy's name, he should not be a fifth <coughs> round player. Shoot, and that is Darnemius Jarnemius Moore. I guarantee that's not. To Jiminy a cricket Hilton. The Jiminy J- cricket Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore. Man, first of all, go to the Broto app if you have it. Or if you don't, you should get it. And look at the front of his card. DJ Moore is one of the, the most underrated players in the league. He, he tested well. He was a first-round pick. The Maryland logo is a nice pick. one. And was DJ he a first, Moore... Was he a first or second-round pick? DJ Moore First-round, 24th pick in 2018. First-round pick. Word. For some don't reason, I was thinking Brodo early second round. Yeah, see? Brodo card, baby. And last year, with Teddy motherfucking Bridgewater... The glorified backup of all glorified backups. You know what DJ Moore's true target value was last year? 38th. 38th, folks. With the targets he saw from Teddy Bridgewater, he should have been the 38th ranked wide receiver. You know where he finished and set in PPR leagues? 25th. 23rd. 23rd. 25th in points per game. 1,200 receiving yards. Only four touchdowns. Literally, 16th. If he was 1,208... And he was a top 18 receiver last year. There's no way you're getting him here. 16th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, which shows there are a lot of wide receivers to be 16th in that category. Shows his ability to create. And you could tell because he ended 25th, scoring four touchdowns the entire year. If you go back and look at the players similar to DJ Moore, who have came into the league first round pick, Seen these targets, I'll put up the these numbers. Right I'll tell you who they are. Not even the comps. If you you could go to the comps though and tell let the people know what the comps are. I'm sure they're very good. But if you look at the touchdowns of those players, they all have several more touchdowns than DJ Moore does. He is having a, I don't know Although what I it is. A, love, I actually love this main comp because this guy was an underrated star for a while. Shoot. I wouldn't say star, but great player. Doug Santonio Baldwin? Holmes is the number one. Santonio Holmes. Comp. Nice. I love but some San Antonio. DJ Moore is due for touchdowns, man. And, you know, uh, that's not how it works. Regression doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen. Oh, they said the same thing last year. But the man is due for touchdowns. It doesn't really make logical sense how often he doesn't score with his ability and how often he catches the ball. Like, the dude is an absolute machine. I'd bet the over on four receiving touchdowns. Nearly top ten in the league in reception yards. He's young. He came into the league. became basically... He was top 10 in receiving yards with Teddy motherfucking Bridgewater. Yeah. And then Robbie Anderson doing his thing on the other side, too. Now Sam Darnold is there. Still the same regime, though, in Brady and Joe Brady and Matt Rule. It's going to be very interesting to see how that offense operates this year. But DJ Moore in the fifth round in a PPR league is just... Mwah, chef's kiss. And there's no way that happens, still. Yeah, and if... Again, you see one video of him and Sam Darnold connecting in exactly. training camp. 
Oh, that's Sam Darnold's new favorite weapon. They're going to be so good together. Just wait. I want to, like, mark this down. We're, like, 24 minutes into this episode. 24 minutes into our Players Who May Rise episode. Remember that DJ Moore and Sam Darnold, there's going to be a clip of them connecting on a beautiful play, and everyone is going to go absolutely bananas, and DJ Moore's ADP is going to rise. Possibly into the third round. Possibly. Closer where it should be. I think so. I think it makes more sense there, too. All right, look, and I'm like, I'm C.D. Lamb's. I fucking love C.D. Lamb. But C.D. Lamb and D.J. Moore should not be two rounds apart. It's a little wild, yeah. Yeah. Because if D.J. Moore were to outscore C.D. Lamb, I would not be shocked at all. No. I think they both have top 15 upside. Yeah, and I love C.D. Lamb. It's kind of crazy. All right, so we're going to go a little deeper now, getting to the 78th overall player. Did you, Jason said, we're going to, we went through the top 280 said that, yeah. Okay. So we're out of the top 50 now. So our top 50 values, I'll recap. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, DJ Moore. Right now, you can basically get all those guys on your team. Yeah. With a first-round pick still. Like, if they went a little bit later than it's saying here, (laughs) you could legit get, like, you'd probably have to do it, like, at the... You'd have to probably have the one-two pick in order to get Adams and Jones. So you probably get, like, so you could have, like, McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. And then when it comes back around... A little too late for Carson. All right, whatever. You're probably (laughs) not going to get them all on the same team. But they're values, man. They're values. Um, so top, jumping to the 50 through 100 range, we have two guys. One guy, Michael likes. So I'm going to let him talk about that. And that's Juju Smith-Schuster, 78th overall. Yes. Juju Smith-Schuster, guys, is an absolute joke what his ADP is. He's behind Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in ADP, and it is just absolutely absurd. It makes no logical sense at all. This guy, he has the most yards ever <clears throat> for a player in the NFL before their 22nd birthday. He's younger than Deontay Johnson is. He's only 24 years old. He already has four years of experience in the league. Last season, he caught 97 balls. He was top 10 in receptions and caught nine touchdowns. Top 10 among wide receivers. He ended as the 17th wide receiver, 24th in points per game. And now, he's the black sheep of the Steelers receiving core for whatever reason. He was 17th in true target value, which is actually exactly where he ended in fantasy points. I know that Ben Roethlisberger looked bad last year. That offense was very odd at times. Uh, Juju's average depth of target of 5.49 was 96th in the league. It was very strange for it to see him catch 97 balls and put up only 831 receiving yards. But that was the offense that they had last year, and it resulted in three top 24 receivers because it was so high volume and because they got the ball out of Roethlisberger's hand so quick. And now Najee Harris is there, yes, but this has always been a high-octane offense. Even if they turn to run a little bit more, they are still going to pass a ton. They still don't really have a tight end that you need to worry about too much in the red zone, yes, maybe, but like the Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth, the um, the rookie tight ends don't really ever co- contribute too much. And Juju is a guy who is apparently he's going to move to the outside again, not like strictly play in the slot, which is where, how he dominated in his first couple of years as well, moving back and forth. He wasn't just a slot guy. He's a very good player, guys, who has had a very good career for his age. He's 24 years old. Like, people are just really sleeping on Juju because he does some TikTok dances. The fact, I would take Juju over Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool easily, and you don't have to do that. You could wait to the 7th, 8th round and draft Juju Smith-Schuster there. And we've been big proponents of Ben Roethlisberger might be done. He's probably going to downgrade more. But let's not forget, last offseason, he came back from surgery. What if... We've seen older quarterbacks have like a revamped season. What if he struggled like he was still working his way back? Because it's not like Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who spends his whole damn life in a gym, right? Like he's a little overweight. He's big. What if he just took some time to get reacclimated into the NFL? And now that he's not dealing with injury, he had a regular offseason. 
and is ready to go and is better than he was last year. We can't just assume that he's done because there is a chance he has some sort of comeback season. So if he does, Juju's going to be an even better pick at ADP. And I think once training camp starts and they start practicing every day and Juju is on the field 24-7, he also outsnapped Claypool and Deontay Johnson easily. By far, he was the number one receiver in terms of snap rate. Once they see him scoring touchdowns and catching passes from a healthy Ben Roethlisberger again, people are going to realize, oh, this ADP doesn't make much sense, and his ADP is going to start increasing. I concur. Jason concurs. I'm going to go to the This is one of the most odd ones to me, man. I feel like it has to, the ADP has to go up, and once people, I think it's the, I don't know how to explain it, what to call it. It's like a psychological, I feel like, it could be a term in psychology, maybe it is, where you don't see something and you like forget about it. Like there's a lot of players that just kind of get forgotten about because they're not because the NFL currently isn't going on and people just kind of like forget about them. Yeah. Like once they're back on the field and you see Juju playing, you're like, oh yeah, this dude's 24, uber talented, and he was a top 24 receiver last season. But TikTok. But he does TikTok dances. So. Yeah, give me Juju all day, and I think his ADP is going to go up once people see him running around again and a healthy Big Ben. And I'm going to take the other guy, um, and I have a new nickname for him. You guys ever watch Scooby-Doo? Who, you, who do you expect to answer? Yes. Um, so of course. Me, I'm Googling it right now just to make sure it's the right name. The Damon so Ritus? The Damon Ritus. <laughs> what is the Damon Ritus? The Damon Ritus is from the first Scooby-Doo movie. It's what Scrappy-Doo uses to become the bad guy. The Damon Ritus the is Damon an ancient Ritus. magical relic that absorbs all living organisms' energy. <clears throat> Do you know who else is going to absorb living organisms' energy this season? This is a strange way to do it, but I don't. Who are you talking the about? The Damon Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, I can't believe that just happened. You just said the Damon Harris instead of the Damon Ritus. Yeah, the Damian Harris. Damian Mo fucking Harris. He's the 89th pick. 89. Michael, what round is that? That is the eighth round. Eighth round. For a starting running back. He tends to fall further than that as well. Eighth round for the starting running back on the New England Patriots. I don't give a fuck who's the quarterbacking for the Patriots. It's a travesty. Especially when he's fucking good. He is. Um, so, first let's talk about the competition around him. James White, old man who only catches passes. Sony Michelle, probably going to be released. If not, he's not going to play. And then we have Ramondre fucking Stevenson, who everyone wants to act like they're his number one fan. Fourth round pick this year. The only, the only measurable where he um, uh, was greater than 50th percentile in the combine was shuttle score. Not great measurables. Fourth round pick. And people think he's going to steal a job from Damian Harris, who's 23 years old. And who has dealt with some health issues, but when he's on the field, has always been a stud. Last year, do you know which running back led the league in rushing over expected? Damian Harris. Damian Harris was the best running back in the league based on rushing over expected. Percentage? No, total. Or maybe percentage. Percentage, yeah. I don't know if it was percentage. It's not total. Aaron Jones is total. All right, fine. No, yeah, we're, we're both right. Aaron Jones was number one in rushing over expect rushing yards over expected per attempt, but rushing over expected percentage, Damian Harris, forty six point seven percent of Damian Harris's yards were over expected last season. He Stuck. just does a lot with a little, and he's being had in the eighty ninth round. There's literally not more to say. Cam Newton, honestly, ran more than he ever had last season, and he looked like an old man. And the Patriots would be smart to run him less. They would also be smart to use their first-round quarterback, Mac Jones. And no offense to Mac Jones, he's not running like Cam Newton. Definitely not. Definitely not. So who's going to be running those touchdowns in for the Patriots? Damian Harris. This guy's being had in the eighth round. And honestly, I think he's going to be every week RB2. I don't doubt A thousand yards rushing and ten touchdowns. And look, the five, crazy hope. five total receptions last season 
there's almost a 0% chance Damien Harris catches more than like 20 balls next season, which is unfortunate. Definitely caps his ceiling. But in the eighth round, we are talking about flex, maybe even bench piece. And he is far better than that. And someone who is going to get a lot of burn um, and is a very good running back overall, period. So I agree with you in that. I do think his ADP is going to go up because you know what's going to happen. Training camp's going to come around. There's already rumors. Today, actually, there's rumors about Damian Harris being the surefire starting running back in um, New England. Once training camp starts, um, once people starts, once New England uh, beat reporters start saying Damian Harris looks legit, Damian Harris looks like he's going to be a stud, everything we already know is the, is the case, then his ADP is going to start going up, and you can get him now for much cheaper than he likely will be in a month or so. I think I think we've said enough about Damian Harris. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. So if we look at the next person on our list, actually, let's round out the top 100. Um, our values to be had in the top 100 of FFPC ADP at this time of July 13th, 2021. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, D.J. Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Damian Harris. All will be drafted at a higher point late August. Yeah, we we, sure. sh- we should check in later and make sure that's the case because I do think that's definitely going to be the case. I'd be down. We should check that as well. Moving past the top 100, um, the first name on the list. <sighs> okay. Last year we said something about this guy, and I'm going to say it again. When you could draft someone at a position, at a spot in the draft, where every week you know that their ranking is going to be higher than that spot, Meaning, you draft someone as wide receiver 52, but you know that if he's on the field and healthy, every t- whenever he's on the field, he's going to be ranked as a top 30 wide receiver. You make that pick all day, every day. Right now, Will Fuller is the 108th player off the board. 108th. Outside the top 36 in wide receivers. <clears throat> this, is the, this is the same thing we did last year. Like Jason said, we have a rule. If a player is inherently better than his ADP, we discussed it a lot last year. I mean, and it worked. It worked for Brandon Cooks. It worked for Will Fuller. It worked for several other guys. If they are inherently better than the ADP says they are, like once Will Fuller is on the field, there is a 0% chance you are not ranking Will Fuller inside your top 40 wide receivers. I do not care if they're playing the Los Angeles Rams and he has to face off against Jalen Ramsey the Pittsburgh Steelers, he is not going to be outside the top 40 wide receivers, period, in your rankings per week. And right now, that's his ADP. And what he has to miss two games, I think, because of uh, because of the suspension. That's clearly baked into the cost. So, I mean, the two games that he will, well, he will miss, clearly baked into the cost already. The bike and the cows. It's just, it's and as Look, I'm a big Tua, I'm... Cold on Tua. I've been warming up on him a little bit. I mean, the dude came back from an intense hip surgery. He was a rookie. He showed some flashes. I've been warming up to him a little bit more. But again, I don't act like I'm some quarterback guru. Anyone who does is lying. You, it's it's hard to just know which quarterbacks are going to be good and which are going to be be bad. Especially last season, everyone acted like Justin Herbert sucks, and now they're Justin Herbert's number one fan. That's not who I am. I don't. If I had to guess today, I wouldn't. Say, I think Tua is going to be a top 15 quarterback in the league ever. But if he is, great for him. I hope he does and has a very long career. But he was last year pretty efficient throwing downfield, which is Will Fuller's forte. Will Fuller was healthy last year before getting suspended. His ADP makes zero sense. And once he's on the field, once he connects with Tua, you this is similar to what I was saying earlier in that, that one long play. Once we see Will Fuller and Tua connect... We are going to see that video on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, with mad fire emojis saying, can't wait for this to happen in the season. Mad fire Go get Will Fuller. This is going to happen eight times a game next season. Because, you know, people like to hype things up way past what actually could happen. And then Will Fuller's ADP is going to skyrocket because he said outside the top 100, right? He was like one something, 104, 108. Absolutely absurd ADP for a guy like Will Fuller, who was a top 10 receiver last year. 
He was a locked and loaded wide receiver one week in and week out with Deshaun Watson. They have Devontae Parker there, yes, who is solid. They have Jalen Waddle, who they spent a top 10 round pick on. But Will Fuller is going to be a starting wide receiver. He's going to be a field stretcher. And he just makes plays. That's who he's been his entire career. And his ADP is just absurd at the moment. And you talked a lot about Will Fuller. So I'm going to hop right into the other guy. Um, Well, not the other guy. Just another guy. Um, Because this person I'm about to talk about is going at 144. That's a 12th round. Ooh, right? Right, right at the, the end. Right at the end. And this person will likely not go that late again. And that is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, who is making $5.5 million a year, who is guaranteed $11 million. He's basically being... He's guaranteed the same amount of money as Josh Jacobs in his contract. And he was brought in with Josh, Jacob, Josh Jacobs in town. What more do we need to say? Josh Jacobs was on the team, and the Raiders still paid this guy $11 million guaranteed for two years. Note, you can also see contracts on the Brodo Fantasy app. That's how I just got that information. Bang! Bang! <clears throat> you know what I think the biggest factor here it will be? The first time... Kenyon Drake lines up in the slot during yeah. training camp. Like, oh shit, that's not Hunter Renfro. What if he does it in a? That's Kenyon Drake. What if he lines up in the slot in a training camp game? Because John Gruden said he wants to use Kenyon Drake in the slot. Yeah. And look, once I, that I'm happens, not really, and look, I'm not like buying it really. I think maybe he'll go out wide every now and then. Like, I don't think he's going to be an Austin Eckler who actually lines up out wide. Like, maybe he'll move into the slot. Every now and then, I don't. I he maybe he'll. I do think he'll be more involved in the passing game overall, but out of the backfield mainly. But who says? Who says he can't catch who passes says, out of the slot? Who says he's not perfect? So when they see that happen, but dude, during training camp, the thing is, he can bust too. It's a twelfth round pick. Yeah. There's like no risk, because he's either gonna have a role and be a flex worthy running back. Or, if Josh Jacobs were to get injured, he's going to have the whole backfield to himself. Or, he just doesn't get as much work as we think, and he's a bench piece. But he's going to, because this is a running back by committee league at this point, and now especially with the 17-game season, man, I think people are just not taking it into account enough that it's a 17-game schedule, and there's going to be more RBBC than ever because they want their running backs fresh for the playoffs and or the end of the season when making a run. And they just gave Kenyon Drake starter money, like Jason said. Why wouldn't they give him the ball? I think there is legitimately, if I had to bet today in a PPR league, a very like 50, maybe 51-49 chance that Josh Jacobs outscores Kenyon Drake. I think this is a lot closer than many people want to believe. And I think once training camp starts and Kenyon Drake starts getting a lot of burn, that's going to uh, he's going to jump jump inside the top, into the top ten rounds. I'm going to go a little off script here, because I also think John Brown is a value. Interesting, dude. The Raiders lost Nelson Aguilar, their deep threat, and Derek Carr is a efficient passer. His true throw values increased every year. And he's been efficient because he's able to connect to deep balls. He doesn't throw them a lot, but he's able to connect with them. And now John Brown is that deep threat. And he's, like, outside the top 50. That's interesting. I like John Brown right now. I mean, they do have Henry Ruggs. They have Brian Edwards. They have Hunter Renfro. Yeah, they all suck. (laughs) They do. Uh, Uh, Brian Edwards is a folk hero for some reason who hasn't been good since, like, his freshman year in college. Henry Ruggs is a joke. And Hunter Renfro is Hunter Renfro. Anyway. And they brought in John Brown while they had all three of those guys. That's true. So, And John Brown, as long as he's been healthy, he's been good. All right. We're almost wrapping this up. At uh, Actually, we got, we got four more groups left. Um, actually, so we're almost there. Not fully wrapping it up. But this is a group here. Because the earliest person being drafted is 163. 
The next person is a little bit later than that. The next person's a lot later than that. And the next person's a lot later than that. And that is the Jets pass catchers. Elijah Moore, first off the board at 163. Then there's Corey Davis. Then there's Jamison Crowder. And then there's Denzel Mims. Sheesh, right? Like, for some reason, people don't like the Jets. And they just think Zach Wilson's going to suck because he went to the Jets. And... Yada, yada, yada. Joe Douglas Honestly, has come in and changed everything. Robert Sala looks like yeah. he's ready to coach in New York. Like, get this jet stigma out of your head. Because right now, when you see Zach Wilson make one nice throw in a preseason game, you're going to be like, oh, I got to grab the whoever catches that pass. <laughs> Whether it's a 50-yard pass to Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, or Elijah Moore. Or even Denzel Mims. Everyone's going to say, oh, I need that guy. And you know what? They're there to be had. 163 is the earliest that a Jets receiver is going. And the thing is, all Zach Wilson's to do is light up a team for one quarter in training camp, and all of those ADPs are going up. I tweeted about it today. I said, every year, there's people drafting players like Meikle Hardman over Corey Davis and saying it's because they're sharp, and then when it doesn't work out, they say, oh, well, it was an upside pick, so it's okay it didn't work out. And it's hilarious because it happens every year. And people lead, legitimately leave a draft. They look at their board and think, yeah, I want Miko Hardman when players like Corey Davis are still Elijah available. Moore. Give me Elijah Moore over Miko Hardman, too. Like you said, my, one of my fa- my favorite team that you've drafted in FFPC Best Ball Leagues is the team we discussed on a recent podcast. Go check that out. Where you had an ultra jet stack. Yeah, he- I think there's a no reason at all not to draft Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, Zach Wilson, even in Superflex or late in best ball leagues. All of them. Absolutely joke ADPs right now. Corey Davis just got paid as a number one receiver. He's coming off in, like, legitimately PFF ranking elite season. Like, he was a top five wide receiver according to PFF rankings, and he was just great in terms of yards per attempt and all that. He was very good. I know it took a long time in his career. We are the... Biggest Corey Davis haters, right? Correct. Like, that's why we created true throw value. But you also have to be malleable when it comes to players malleable. and their development. And Corey Davis showed out last year, and now he's the number one team, excuse me, the number one receiver on a rising team. And it's not because we're Jets fans that we like Corey Davis, it's because of we're the malleable. situation. We're malleable. And Corey Davis. Going in the what pick? What did you say was Corey Davis? One sixty something. Uh, Moore was the highest at one sixty three. Davis was shortly behind. <sighs> that is a fourteenth round pick for a player who has a very very good shot to be in your starting lineup every week. Easily, it's glorious. Right when Jets training cramp starts, all these guys are going to go up because it's going to be like, oh, Michael Floor's there, right? Oh, Joe Douglas, Robert Sal is there. Oh, this team is actually. Looking like they're not going to be the worst team in the league. Oh, they did improve their offensive line. Like all that's going to start yeah, happening once the yeah offensive line. Once the the Jets are a joke, gets old in a couple of weeks or so. When you start seeing more tape, their ADPs are going to skyrocket. I think. I concur. Corey Davis is going to be by the time Labor Day comes, he's going to be a top ten round pick easily. I concur. And he should be. I don't know if 10. I don't know if he'll hop as high to 10 because that's a four-round jump. He absolutely should. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, All right. We got three last guys all in the last five of the 200s, from 195 to 200. So I'm going to just group them. Groupy, groupy. And that's Philip Lindsay, Austin Hooper, and Paris Campbell. I'll give a little spiel. Michael will give a little spiel. Um, Simply put, Philip Lindsay is the best running back on his team. And... I honestly think that there's no denying that. David Johnson is old man River who hasn't been good in years. And don't tell me about how he was a top 20 running back last year, blah, 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 blah. It was all volume-based, and he looked like he was running through mud. And then they brought in Mark Ingram, another old man who lost all of his touches to younger running backs last year and got kicked out of town. The thing here that's important is that although Philip Lindsay was an older rookie and he's not the typical – he's not 25 years old – He's been the best player. He is the best player on that team. He's been the best player on a lot of teams that he's played on. Like, he's been the best running back, and he's had to fight for those opportunities. He's going to continue fighting for them. 
And at 196, there's really no loss. Like, I wasn't aboard the Philip Lindsay train because of the depth chart there. But I was like, you know what? At 196, yeah. if he wins that job by week four, then who cares? And it's such an ugly running back room around him. And then Austin Hooper right. was a decent tight end one towards the back end of last season. He got a better rapport with Baker Mayfield. He just he was injured some of the season too. His ADP makes no sense, especially in like tight end premium leagues, where he could easily catch five balls a game, and I not I wouldn't be surprised at all. He has a OBJ who either will open up the field for him, or OBJ gets injured again and more targets head Hooper's way. I I actually prefer if OBJ's on the field and opens up the field more for Hooper. They were dominating in uh, play action passes last season. Hooper's on the field a ton. It's just I think his ADP right now is a little stupid and once he's uh I could I could see him being a weekly uh top twelve tight end. I don't Hooper's the only one here on this entire list where it's more of a I just want to bring up Austin Hooper where I don't know if training camp is really gonna affect Austin Hooper much because everyone knows who Austin Hooper is. It's just such a value. It's just such a value, yeah. And lastly, this is the person we're least um hyped about but he came in at 200 and we still think that's value so i mentioned him earlier paris campbell basically he's been injured a lot but when on the field he's been very good and um basically if he goes into training camp and he plays a preseason game and he looks healthy and carson wentz targets him four or five times in one half you're gonna start hearing paris campbell yeah i mean look he's dealing He's working in a wide receiver room with T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman. If we get a report saying Carson Wentz is building a rapport and seems to really like Paris Campbell, and Carson Wentz says something like, oh, yeah, that Paris Campbell is one of the best receivers I've worked with. His Which ADP isn't that much stretch considering who he's played with. Exactly, yeah. Then his ADP is skyrocketing. Or I just don't see how it decreases from this point, honestly, And as long as he proves that he's uh, healthy again. But... It's a big if because he is always injured. Not going to lie to you, Michael. This podcast made me want to do another FFPC draft and just take all these guys. There's such value. Just crazy. Yeah, Jason, every time he joins a draft, he tweets it with a link to draft against us. So not only can you draft against us, follow us, use that link. You get a free $5 team. So you enter it for free. Thank you all very much for listening to the Fantasy Football well, it's Fantasy Football by Brodo, the <laughs> app. The Brodo Fantasy Football podcast. Um, Fantasy Football by Brodo app on all your app stores for all the goodness. Um, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy if you want to support the show. That is how we fund everything we're doing. And um, we're going to... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're going to... Spoiler we're gonna, alert. Um, we're Revamp. revamping the tiers. And we're going to add some cool stuff. And it's going to be cool. So if you want to support the show, we appreciate it. Um, you could do that at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You can find me at brotofffjason on Twitter. You can find Tim at brotofftim. You can find Casanova at brotofffcasanova. You can find Michael at brotofffmike. And, and now in the words of Tim, you see what we did there. See what we did there. We're good, right? Yeah. Tim usually Thanks for listening, folks. Patreon.com slash brotofantasy, please. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Later. Bye-bye. Later.